It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, it's so interesting to me that when you look at the Old Testament, uh, one of the things that is just revealed throughout the Old Testament is that it is impossible to live the standard of the Old Testament. In other words, nobody could actually do it. So the law is given, it's impossible. Jesus comes along and says, here's John the Baptist, who's the greatest in the old covenant, yet he's the very bottom <laughs> in the new. And it's interesting that then Jesus takes the old and actually elevates it to another level. Yeah. So if the old was impossible to live out, the new is all the <laughs> all that much more impossible yeah. to live out this grand reality of the yeah. Christian life. So it's amazing to me that when we're talking about Christianity, it is not something we can actually do. Yeah. Uh, this is an impossible thing. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, and it's funny how we all could even know that theoretically or doctrinally that we can't do it, but we still try uh, to do it. Isn't it? It's almost like a first step of every young believer is to look up at God and say, God, thank you for saving me. Now I'm going to prove that you made a good decision. I'm going to live like you now. And we have to fall on our face, just like Peter. Peter is going to make that sort of grandiose bravado like statement where he's like, Jesus, I will die for you. And Jesus looks at him. He's like, you don't realize that you're still missing something. You see, what we're missing is Pentecost. What Peter was missing was Pentecost. What many of us are missing is the power from on high. And so we still look at our natural man and we think it can pull it off, but it can't, which is what dovetails into what the Sunday message was that, uh, that I gave, which was called an exceedingly great army, which is referencing to Ezekiel 37 of that Valley of dry bones where you have all these bones and pretty, you know, sort of horror scene. If you want to think of it, and we know that they're from slain men. These are men that were slain. Now their bones are just remaining. And obviously that's not an impressive army. So it must've been an army at one point in time, but Oh boy, it's not going to be very functional now. And that's the way Israel felt. That's the way Israel was back then. And that's the way, almost in a strange way, I feel like the modern church is right now, where we have all the pieces uh, to be a great army, but we're missing something. We're missing the power to do it. And that's what we wanted to talk about today was what, in Ezekiel, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. And that's what this entire uh, week is, that we're unpacking that breath that we need inside of us so that we can go from just being some bones clattered together with sinews and flesh. We need the life. We need the breath inside of us that makes us an exceedingly great army. Well, why don't we just start with a clip from your message? Because I think it it's a classic illustration that's been used. I mean, I don't know how long this is. I mean, yeah. I've heard so many people use it in the yeah. past, but it's a key illustration that we use here to talk through this idea of this empowerment, this life yeah. of Christ within. So why don't we start with that clip and then we'll let's do it. Discuss it. You take a glove and a glove is a really interesting invention because it's designed in the image of a hand. Now, if you were to make my hand invisible, it just disappears. You can't see it. Then you're going to miss all sorts of great movements that the hand is doing. It's waving at you. You just missed it because it's invisible. What if it pointed at you? You wouldn't even see it. Why? Because it's invisible. What if it beckoned you? You wouldn't see it. Why? Because it's invisible. But what if you took that glove that was made in the image of this hand and slid it over that invisible hand? Now, when it waved, you would see it. Why? Because you're seeing the visible representation of the invisible movement. 
When it points, you would see it because you're seeing the glove, which is animating something inside of it. And if it beckoned, you would see it because of the glove. We are designed as gloves. God Almighty, you could just say for this message, the Holy Spirit is the invisible hand. And with a glove without a hand in it, you're not very impressed with it, are you? So if I had a glove here and I was just holding it with two fingers and I gave it a command and I said, pull a weed, oh glove. And then I let it go to work. What would it do? It It would just flop to the ground. Why? Because a glove apart from the hand can do nothing. The glove can mean well and say, I want to pull the weed. Tomorrow I'm going to pull weeds. However, if that glove does not submit to the reason it was created, it was created to be inhabited, to be infilled, to be animated by something. Without that hand, that glove is worthless. It can mean well, but it can't do well. Eric, I love that illustration. And obviously every illustration breaks down. Yeah. I mean, in one sense, we, even as a glove, can do certain things in our own strength and our own power. But as you even mentioned that clip, the reality is, is we were made for this hand, this this thing inside of us to function as we ought to function. And if we're actually going to live out the reality of the Christian life, we have to have that empowerment. I, I love that, just that picture, because when I look at my life, it's not that impressive. But when I have a hand in a glove, the strength of the glove actually is not from the glove. It's from the hand. Mm -hmm. So whatever the hand can actually do, whatever the hand wants to function, whatever weight the hand wants to pick up, the glove can actually do it. Not Mm -hmm. because it has it in and of itself, Mm -hmm. but because it's surrendered and dependent upon that strength, that ability of the hand. Yeah, and it's interesting because when we hear the statement, apart from me, you can do nothing, the first thing that usually pops into my head is, I can do all sorts of things apart from God. And people prove it all the time. They can do things apart from God, but they can't do God things apart from God. They can't produce righteousness. They can't please heaven. God created us as humans with an idea, with a aim, with a purpose, and that was to reveal the invisible realm. We cannot do that without that hand inside of us. And so there are certain things we can do. We can be very impressive in our humanity apart from God, but we're only impressive to each other. (laughs) We have Olympic games to show that off. However, in heaven, no one's impressed. In other words, this isn't what we were created for. We were created for, get this, something so much greater. And so when you see the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, there's a human rendition of each of those, love. There's a human version of love, but it's not a God love. There's a human rendition of joy, but it's not a God joy. You cannot produce a heavenly love, a heavenly joy, a heavenly peace, the type that is, no matter what happens down here, it's not interfered with. It's like I always uh, have used the illustration of like this resin, like you, you're an archaeologist and you dig up this old you know, creature and it's like caught in this resin. And then you take a sledgehammer to it and you hit it and that that bug that maybe is caught inside the resin bounces around the room, but it's unmoved. That's like the kingdom of heaven. That's what it means to be marked by the peace of God. No matter if the sledgehammer of this earth strikes your life, you could bounce all around the room, but you are unmoved. You see, this is not something that is humanly possible. And God desires to work in us things that are not human. (laughs) They are God. So who gets the credit for it? It's like Gideon's army. Well, Gideon's army, you know, they can do certain things in their natural strength, but they couldn't 
defeat, what, hundreds of thousands of Midianites with only uh, 300 of them? That's impossible. It was a God maneuver. And that's what God desires to do in us. We're all Gideons. And God says, you know what? I've purposely made you weak so that I get the credit for the glory that is going to be revealed in and through your life. I think the the other side of that is amazing, too, where here is an invisible God who creates a visible physical world. Well, how is a physical, visible world going to see an invisible God? So he creates this physical, visible man to and feel, which not only is that man only able to function with the invisible God inside, but then the world actually gets to see the reality of the living God through the visible physical man showcasing the invisible God. And I think it's a wonderful declaration. Mm -hmm. Our world desperately needs to see our our God on high once again. Well, how how are they going to see him? Well, he's invisible. Well, they they should see the reality of the life of God in and through us because we're that glove yeah. with the hand inside. Could could you maybe maybe if we can take this maybe one step further, there is this impossible life that we are called to live. And one of the terms that we use often is this idea of grace. Uh-huh. Could you unpack what grace is? I think in our culture, yeah. grace is so misunderstood yeah. or it just becomes this friendly hug thing that just mm. saves us. But yeah. rather, there's so much more to this idea of grace. Could you? Yeah, I think up? a lot of uh, of us have exchanged the idea of grace, which is a very, very powerful, complex idea with many folds. In fact, it's called the manifold wonder of grace in the New Testament, which means variegated color scheme. It has a lot of dimension to it. And we've simplified it. We've taken one color out of it, which is mercy. And we've said, that's what grace is. Well, there's a whole word for mercy. It's called mercy. We don't need to take mercy and make it grace. We need mercy to be a slice or a piece of what grace is. But one of the ways that I've uh, likened what New Testament grace is, because if you, a lot of us have the the definition from the Old Testament for grace, grace is used a few times in the Old Testament, but as a foreshadow of Christ. And so you see it's, it's the uh, unmerited favor, which is true. It is something we do not deserve. It is a favor from heaven that is we we did do we did nothing to warrant or to merit, uh, and that's true. But that is Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of that grace. He is grace. He is the unmerited favor that we are receiving from heaven. But when the gospels are completed, you have the four gospels, and then the book of Acts is going to start, you have something very profound that is going to begin to unfurl, and that is the gospel of grace. It is going to be the the outflow of that cross work, the outflow of the resurrected Christ, the outflow of that upper room that God is going to come down and dwell within men. And he is now going to operate and do the work. And that's the best way to understand grace. It's God doing work for us. So what saved us at the cross? It was God doing work for us. How are you saved? You're saved by grace. You could say I'm saved by Jesus and it would be accurate, but you could also say I'm saved by grace, which is what? God working on my behalf. Well, how do we live our Christian life out? We live by grace, by God working on our behalf. It's not that he worked just 2000 years ago, that he wants to work today in me and through me. And that's what we've been talking about and unpacking this entire week is this great secret to Christianity is not me attempting to be godly. It's God who is God, who is godly as a result, moving in and making this his dwelling place. And then 
animating this life like a hand would a glove and expressing that invisible quality of God, that invisible nature of God in and through this natural representative, this one that is built in his image. I'm like a glove. Apart from him, I can't do that. But when I submit to him and I allow him to indwell me and I agree with his movements, and if he wants to wave at an audience, then I wave even if that audience is going to kill me after I do it. If he points at that audience and says, yeah, you come to Jesus. And I agree with that. And I allow my life to be used to call forth a dying generation unto a living Christ. That yes, I risk my life as a glove in so doing, but I am being used by God to proclaim that which is invisible. The invisible invitation of God, the invisible love of God is now made tangible and real in and through us, the church, in and through me as an individual too. It's an incredible reality. What is that? That's grace. I am saved by grace. I work by grace. I obey by grace. I do what I do by the working of God on my behalf. He enables me to do something that otherwise would be impossible. Oh, and I love, I just love that concept. And I think if someone's never studied that out in scripture, they need to walk through all those instances of where grace is found, because as you said, it's that word manifold. It, yeah. it is so immense that, yeah, yeah I, I am saved by grace, which if that alone is all we got, that would have been enough. Yeah. That would have been sufficient. And yet it, it's not just my salvation. It's it's for every single moment of every single day. Yeah. So there is this impossible standard. And in and of myself, there's nothing I can do to even get there. I couldn't even live the old, yeah. the old covenant, let alone the new. Yeah. And yet it is by his grace, it's by his supply, it's by his life that somehow the impossible is made possible. And suddenly our life can be utterly inexplainable to the world around us. When they look at us, they just go, I I don't understand how you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's him. It's it's the Holy Spirit. It's his grace. It's his power. It's his supply working on my behalf. I just, that is one of the most life-changing things to realize that. It's not through gritting your teeth and struggling and striving and, you know, how do you be pure? Well, take cold showers and flick rubber bands, grit your teeth. <laughs> oh, well, okay. That might help you for a day, but that doesn't change you. Yeah. You know, how are you going to live with humility? Yeah. Well, think, think low thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. That might help you for a day. How, how are you going to have this abundance of love and joy and peace? Well, smile and just, you know, fake it till you make it. <laughs> that stuff doesn't work. Yeah. And yet that's what a lot of Christian books are written about yeah. rather than realizing it is truly by the life, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that supplies all things that we need for life and godliness that allows us where it normally be impossible to suddenly function and live this impossible Christian life, which then becomes a grand testimony to the goodness and grandeur of Jesus Christ. So in addition to like Sunday's sermon, which we would encourage everyone to listen to, because it would really sort of bring a lot of this together, which is called an exceedingly great army. We have a lot of messages on this sort of in our archives. And uh, I would say the one that pops immediately into my head is the power to do it, which is an older message. I want to say from maybe four or five years ago, but it really goes into the idea of grace biblically and shows how we do the Christian life. What is the power to do it? Well, it's not us. It's not us gritting our teeth, our discipline. It's him working in and through us. So I'd highly and, encourage And you that. do have one called the Manifold Wonder of Grace. I do have one so called the Manifold Wonder I, of Grace. If you want to flesh out some of those manifolds, it is That's there. Right. But there is a lot of Daily Thunder series, as well as if they go to the sermon series or topics, yeah. we actually have one called the Holy Spirit and one on grace that helps people take this idea even deeper. 
And so if you want to find any of those resources, you can do all of that at ellersley.com forward slash daily. But if we could just encourage you, don't don't live by your own resource. Don't don't turn within. Live through through this empowerment, this indwelling life Amen. of Jesus Christ. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.